Your business exists because you had the idea to start it. Everything begins in our minds. That's why your business results cannot outgrow your current level of thinking. Do you want to serve more clients, make more money, without working more or burning yourself out? Grow yourself first as a leader of your business, because that's who you are, a leader, even if you're the only person in your business right now. When you lead yourself first, the business results will always follow. My name is Maggie Perotkin. I'm an international business and leadership coach, an expert in business mindset, strategy, and high performance. I created the Diamond Effect podcast to help you elevate your thinking, expand your perspective, and through it, grow your business without overwhelm. So let's get started. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to Diamond Effect Podcast, episode 16. And when I was thinking about, you know, the topic of today, today's episode, I actually realized I could make a trilogy, um, given the last episode was about clients and client sort of retention, right? <clears throat> Word of mouth marketing. I came up with two other topics on client acquisition and client journey in a way for you as my listener. So today we'll talk about the fact that you never know where your clients come from, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's luck or magic, okay? We'll talk about it more, but that's the second episode, and the next week we'll have another episode on client journey. Look for it, watch for it. It's going to be a great trilogy. So I will share with you three stories of client sort of acquisitions, different companies or different businesses acquiring clients and where they came from, those kind of unexpected sources where those clients came from. But at the same time, they weren't random. But before I talk about those stories and share with them, they're awesome. Some of them, like they're actually, some of them are funny and you will see. Um, I do want to talk a little bit about marketing strategy. And you probably heard me speak that, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs or small business owners, when they hear word strategy, they're scared of it. But hey, when we are CEO of our business, strategy is really thinking at our business about our businesses long term and not just looking at something, you know, at things that are ahead of us a month or two or three, but also kind of having a vision for our business and then coming up with ways to get to that long-term vision. So strategies that is really a plan of how am I accomplish my mission? How do I get to my vision? And then tactics, it's what a lot of people call strategies, but tactics is really ways to get to that vision. So for example, if you think about it, you know, using Instagram and posting on Instagram, it's a tactic, right? A strategy is more of, you know, here is 
this is my client, this is where they hang out, and those are the things I'm going to do to tell them that I exist and I have solutions for their problems and so on. So strategy is really a plan. So if we only plan and don't action, so don't go with tactics, then nothing happens. But if we only do tactics, so we don't have a plan and we just start doing things on social media or, you know, whatever to, to wherever to make our business visible, then it becomes that hassle. That's what hustling is about. And, you know, that busyness of I'm doing a lot of things, but I'm not seeing results and I'm not even sure if I'm going in the right directions. So strategy cannot exist with tax, tactics or strategy alone doesn't really help you move your business forward and sign clients. But tactics only make the process of signing clients or the process of attracting clients very chaotic, very tiring, and kind of not really effective. So imagine like it's really the way it works is like if you were building a house, right? So let's just say you decided you bought a piece of land and you decided to sort of manage the construction of your house alone. Imagine if you didn't get a house plan, so you didn't hire an architect and kind of like engineers to create a house plan and you just went straight to hiring contractors and plumbers and, you know, drywallers and so on and told them, oh, I want a house. And then maybe they started doing it, but hey, they forgot about foundation, started putting the walls or maybe foundation was first, but they didn't run the, you know, plumbing pipes or electricity underground first and so on. So that would be going with tactics without the strategy. Whereas, you know, to build really a solid house, you need a strategy, you need an architect that will plan out the way not only will look, but how it needs to be built, you know, the furnace, the air conditioning, the heating, the piping, the gas, and so on. So you need like the, the engineers. And then they create a plan that then tradespeople and construction people can follow step by step. And that allows you to get the result you want, meaning your beautiful house in the fastest way with the least problems. Doesn't mean the problems won't occur, but with the least problem the most effective time-wise and also money-wise, right? Because if there, let's say you poured foundation without the plan and then you had to destroy it to run the piping, that's a lot of money left. And that is the same in business. And unfortunately, many entrepreneurs do those tactics first. They don't have a strategy. They don't have a plan. And through that, some of them don't even realize how much effort and time and money they waste because they need to, you know, rebuild things or, you know, things stay 10 times lo longer than they should and so on. So our strategy of requiring clients has kind of three stages or three parts. Part number one is that client attraction process, meaning getting out there and becoming visible to your ideal clients. And that means you need to know who that client is and letting them know that you can help, that you have solutions to their problems, 
that you educate them maybe on certain things that you can help them achieve the goals and so on. So this is your ideal clients before they become your clients, right? And then the second big portion of your strategy should be nurturing and kind of building that relationship. So once they get to know you, then you want to build that relationship through a lot of value and nurturing and so on. So then your ideal client becomes actually a paying client, right? The client that signs and so on. And then the third portion is once they become a paying client, you want to retain them mostly through the amazing work you're doing and amazing services or products you deliver to them. So not only they stay as long as possible and being your client, but they also are such a fan that they keep referring others. And when you think about those three stages, so it's then stage one and stage two are a lot of like planting seeds, right? So you're planting seeds in the ground, you're throwing yourself or your business out to the universe and not randomly to the universe, but again, the universe where your ideal client hangs out. And if you think about seeds, they need time and nurturing to really come to bloom, right? And to fruition. And some of them will, one, take a lot of work because maybe they're like mushroom seeds, right? And mushrooms, they grow very fast. Some of them might be like flowers, so they need a little bit more, but like annuals, right? They, they You plant them and then a few months later, they bloom and they give fruit or or whatever fruit of your work, you can see that pretty fast, right? So some of the clients that you nurture, they will become your clients faster. And then there's some seeds that might be like trees that really need nurturing long term before they you can see the fruits of your work. And because before that audience, for example, becomes your client. But when you do that consistently, you will reap the rewards of those seeds, okay? And as I said, you might not know which seed gave you which flower or which result in your business. That's why sometimes when when those clients come up, you think, oh my God, it was luck. Oh my God, that's magic. That will never happen again. Instead of thinking, no, no, no. It's a result of my nurturing and planting the seeds. I just don't know which seed created that client, right? So here are the three stories that I will tell you that are kind of show that planting of the seed and that, you know, it wasn't really um, a fluke that those companies signed those particular clients, but It was maybe unexpected, the timing or where they came from and so on, right? Okay, so the first story goes, actually, I was the client. And um, um, I was doing one of my courses in my executive MBA and that I'm almost done doing. And I was doing research. One of the students, co-students in my class uh, was talking about alpaca wool and alpaca breeding um, 
you know, breeding the animals. And I didn't know actually what alpaca was. Like I know the animals, but I didn't know the English words for them. So when I was reading her post in that particular week, alpaca, I started researching what the student was talking about. So I started Googling, you know, Google, Uncle Google, our best friend. I was starting to Google about the animals. And then, you know, I got ingrained into reading about the wool and how he my hyperallergic it is and that it's soft and then I went into looking at some products so blankets and so on and so forth and of course as you do research google ads pop up right and then I started looking at clothes there were some sweaters and some socks and whatever else you can make from alpaca sweaters so one of those searches led me to see a very cute, beautiful sweater, short sleeve, kind of like graphite color from Alpaca. And it was a great price and I just couldn't resist. And I bought it, even though I wasn't planning at all. So I became the client of this particular company. And I don't remember the brand now to say it, but of this particular brand by Fluke or Lag. But not really, if you think about it, because, of course, the company invested in Google Ads or good CEO and so on. So as I was doing the research on the alpaca wool and so on, their product came up in my view, right? And A, they had great design of the product, you know, great pictures. And then I researched the company and it turned out to be, you know, very green company, very sustainable. And I care about those things. And that sort of, they led me on a customer journey that resulted in me purchasing the sweater. So, you know, and when I thought about it, because it was kind of like an impulse, not really an impulse purchase, I wasn't planning to do that at all. But when I was thinking about it, I was like, yeah, like, look at that. You know, that's the thing. We never know where our customer next client will come from. But if we put an effort to be visible to them, right, whatever strategy we choose, right, this company, it's a larger company. So, of course, they they have a lot of um they have a big budget where they can, you know, invest in the ads and so on and so forth. But even if you're a solopreneur and you might not have the budget, but if you're visible in the right places and you're consistent, your ideal audience will find you and you'll meet them where they are, right? You will also meet them where they are. And if you have something that captures their attention, then you can take them as they start researching more about you, you will take them on the journey that sooner or later, when they have a need or at least they, they, they want it, they will become your client, right? And sometimes it happens as fast as that. That was, you know, maybe an hour type of journey and there you go. I made the purchase, right? So sometimes it happens as fast, but not always. So here's the second story. So the second story is actually of my husband. And some of you know already, if you listen to other episodes, that he is a singer-songwriter. So he's the one that actually composed the music for this podcast. So if you'll like the music in the beginning and the end, that's my husband who, who created that piece. Um, and he loves to perform. 
so he performs in private events. He gets hired and, and he performs his own music, but also covers in private events. So I think it was last year. Last year, yes, when COVID restrictions were a little bit looser here in Ontario, he performed at a small private wedding. And um, everybody loved him. And it was in the backyard in somebody's house, in his client's house. And he performed. And of course, everybody was happy and so on. And this year, there was a lady, an owner of a restaurant or a pub in the area, reached out to him um, and hired him for a night in her in her venue, in her restaurant. So when he started asking, like, oh, how did you find me and so on, what, what she said was that she was a neighbor of the people who had the wedding in the backyard. And that evening she was outside, it was summer, so they were profiting or benefiting from his performance for free being in their own backyard. And because they loved him so much, they reached out to their neighbors and asked for his contact information. And, you know, when their pub and the restaurant opened this year, they reached out, right? So if you think about this, it's also... You know, in this type of journey, it was more in, you know, my husband had a client who found him. He delivered an amazing service that truly, and that was kind of visible in this case, right? It was visible to the outsiders, to other people. And through that, he signed another client, but that took almost a year. Right? That other client, because of the circumstances, you know, that their pub restaurant was closed, COVID, all those things. But they still remembered after a year how great his service was, that they took time to reach out. They took time to find out. And the moment they had their venue open, they reached out to him and nobody else. Right? Story number three. So that story is about one of my clients that I've recently started working with. And the way, you know, we started working together is she was looking for a business coach and she posted in, in one of the Facebook groups that, you know, it's, I think it's one of the largest Facebook groups out there <clears throat> or a large Facebook group where I am a member. I don't, go there that much anymore. I'm not I'm not a as active or even at all anymore, but I'm still a member and there is a number of either my clients who are the members or even members of my free community, women entrepreneurs with passion for life, the ladies that are in my community are part of this group as well. So when she posted looking for a business coach, I think it too maybe two or three clients of mine tagged me or referred me as a great coach that they were happy with, but also ladies who are not my clients, but benefit from my free content in the group. They love the group. They love the connections that they do. They love the trainings that I offer. They've been to my free stuff, my free trainings recommended me as well. So when I was talking with, you know, with my current client, but before during a consultation, I actually asked her, hey, like what made you come to me? And I don't think she even, um, 
reached out to other coaches that were, you know, being, I guess, recommended in that chain in her post. And her answer was that because I was recommended by much more than one person and that kind of she checked my website and so on and that made her to say like, hey, I just want to talk to this person first. And if that works, I'm not even going to, you know, shop around. So and, you know, of course, that came you know, I've been, I've been creating or I've been, you know, nurturing my community and my group and even in my business for the past two years or over two years. So all those little things that I've done, servicing my clients great, delivering tons of value in my community, together created that seed that became, you know, flowered into my recent client. So as you can see, you know, whatever clients come to you, they're not a fluke. They're not a piece of luck. They're results of the seeds you plant throughout your journey in your business and throughout, you know, your marketing of your business. So don't let your brain think that any client you sign, it's a fluke and you still don't know how to sign clients. But also what I want to say on top of it, if you're strategic about it, meaning if you have a plan and it doesn't have to be complicated, it doesn't have to be, you know, one that you need to invest a lot of money in into ads and so on. The example with the sweater I gave you was just, you know, I found it funny because I'm usually not an impulse buyer and I still bought on impulse, so I thought I would share. Um, but if you have a strategy, a simple strategy that, you know, is based on you being clear on who your ideal client is, you really having investigating kind of putting effort into getting to know your client and being knowing where they hang out what are their challenges what they're looking for what they're interested in and putting yourself out there and communicate with your clients building that relationship and then delivering amazing service or product that will truly create a business for you or help you create a process, customer journey that will be reliable and you will assign clients on a regular basis. Um, so, you know, I know that very often, like especially in social media or on social media, you know, the, that instant gratification, we think that, oh, I posted once or I created three posts, I've been posting for a month and nobody signed, right? Like we think our brain wants to think that, oh, I have a one post and I should have a client out of the one post. And if that doesn't happen, then, you know, social media doesn't work, for example, right? Or Facebook groups don't work or, or whatever, but it's not the case. Yes, it can happen. That's totally possible. But more often than not, it takes multiple posts and it takes time for people to grow that no like trust factor towards you, not to even not always to become clients themselves, but also to have that um, like even to think about referring you to others. Because 
you're on top of their mind, you have some amazing content that they follow that they, you know, that helps them and they're like, hey, it helps me, it can help this person. Okay, so another thing I wanted to mention is that I will put um, in the comments a link to the workshop that I've done, and it's in the previous episode as well, the six steps to signing high quality clients consistently, because that also that workshop, it's an over an hour workshop, almost hour and a half, will also um and it's another part of the customer journey trilogy that can help you in your business. So that's what I had for this episode today. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. And, and another you know, request I'm going to have is that if you love this podcast, if you enjoy it, uh, put a comment or put a rating on the app that you're listening to, I would be really grateful for it. Thank you very much and talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening today. If this podcast resonated with you, please come back. Also, you can leave a review on whatever platform you're listening. And if you have a suggestion, question, or a topic you would like me to talk about, let's get in touch via email. Email me at maggie at stairwaytoleadership.com. See you in the next episode.